So um, I've got a story for you. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, it wasn't... So sometimes I do scientific experiments and sometimes science happens to me. So I had one of these like experiences that I've not experienced in my adult life, which is to say... So a few like weeks ago or so, I, for the first time in my adult life, passed out, but like... Wait, what? Yeah, like this is not just like, oh, I fainted or, oh, like I hit my head or had a concussion or something. This was an entirely novel new experience that I don't think I've experienced since I was like eight years old. And like, I have an experience of like, when I was eight for the first time, like they draw your blood at the doctor's office and they draw a lot of blood. And like, I saw my blood and I passed out at that point. But I don't remember what that was like other than, oh yeah, there was that time I passed out at the doctor's office. And like the other types of passing out that one has experienced in life is like, oh, you drink too much and then you pass out or like yeah. you get like woozy or something like this was different in that. Like I was just chilling. I was, I, was feeling a little lightheaded and stuff, came back from work. I had my dinner and I remember thinking about this. This is why it was so weird to me. It was literally, I'm, oh, I need to put my stuff away. And yeah, I got up and went to like my kitchen to put away my dish and like fork and knife. And I'm just there and I'm like, whoa, the room is sort of spinning and I'm having vertigo. Huh, that's been bothering me for the last few days. I should let me just put my dishes down and stuff. And then I'm going to have to like steady myself and here, let me just put my dish. And then it was like, why are my eyes closed? Like that was the next thought I had. It was, Oh wow. It was just a, like, that's never happened. Like when you black out or there's like a period of darkness or blackness. And then you, it was just simply, let me put my dishes. Why are my eyes closed? Wait a second. And then this being me that I'm like, so my eyes are closed. What has happened? Wait a second. I think I feel the floor. Why is the floor here? And it's like, oh, I should open my eyes. Let me open my eyes. I open my <laughs> eyes and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. I was I was standing and now I'm on the ground. Why am I on the ground? What happened? I was literally putting like there was a there was no lost time. There was nothing. It was that's why it was so weird. And then it was just like, so let me solve this puzzle now. Like I am somehow on the ground. I was standing. You don't just teleport to the ground. Why? Okay, my arm hurts. My right arm hurts and my left and my left side is okay. Maybe I fell on my right side. Like, okay, did I put my stuff down and like trip or something? And then I'm like, and I look over like near the sink and I've fallen basically a little bit away from the sink and my plate and stuff were on the ground. So I must never have put it into the sink. And it was just this, like, it was weird and surreal in a way of where I'm just like, nothing else in my, like, I was like, my brain goes into this, like, mode of like, okay, what has happened? Figure this out. But I had no life experience in the past that was similar. It was like, I don't feel drunk. I don't feel like I've had any ingestion of substances or anything like that. These are not these types of passing out. It wasn't a, oh, I don't feel so good or I feel nauseous or I throw up or something. It's not like, it was just a, I was putting stuff down and now I'm on the ground. And like, okay, my face hurts. I think I hit my face. I hit my arm and I hit my hip. Crap. I, and there's nothing. It was a, it was sort of okay. weird and scary. I don't know. Have I, I, you ever done this? I appreciate your scientific like 
approach to this, but are you okay? Like, is are, have you like checked in with a doctor or anything? Like, what's going on? So yeah, uh, Harvey Z went to the doctor because well, first I like I told my family and stuff about that, and they were like, "You should go to the doctor." And I was like, "Do you really think so? I don't think I need to." And they were like, "This is bad." And then like I have siblings yeah, who are doctors. If you pass out randomly they, for no reason, you should see like, a doctor. I was like, it happened one time and like, it hurts, but I think I'll be okay. And they were like, you should go see a doctor. Um, Then I was like, all right, I'll tell one other friend. And then they were like, you should see a doctor. And then I was like, I'll tell my doctor friend. And they were like, you should see a doctor. And I was like, (laughs) all these people seem to think I should see a doctor. I I guess I should see a doctor. And then I checked in one more time with like a coworker and I was like, so should I, see? they were like, you should see a fucking doctor, take some time <laughs> off of work, go see a doctor. And I was like, all right. So Harvey Z went to the doc, the doc checked some things out. Uh, we made some adjustments. It turns out if you need to know, I've been, you know, I don't need to know, like you don't yeah. need to tell the podcast, That's but like, are you okay? Yes. Uh, my weight loss was too effective. Ah, uh, it was super I, so, effective. So uh, honestly, I was actually that was going to be the first thing i postulated because i was just going to wonder if like maybe you you have been been soylent a little too hard or are you still using the soylent oh god no i didn't even last a week on soylent i was listening (laughs) to that episode though and i just like listened back to it a while back oh my god i was an idiot Uh, i still have (laughs) i still have the bag of soylent but no i've been doing like the keto diet now for like nine months or so and at this point like I'm around like more than 80 pounds of weight loss and like the meds I like I was put on meds a long time ago, like three, four years ago after having some health scares. But like, actually I've lost, yeah, like 80 pounds in nine months, but I had weighed even more like when I first started those meds and I had never changed the meds. I'd continue to take the meds. I guess I don't need, like the doc was like, yeah, I don't think you need these meds anymore. Let's, uh, reduce it and figure out some stuff like we didn't stop all of it but yeah it was sort of good news and everything other than the like i had to pass out to get to that point but yeah (laughs) like i guess this is why they say like go see the doctor when you do these diets and stuff yeah yeah that like i also recently saw a doctor and i've kind of been put on a new diet as as well i didn't pass out first though but i I did get a really bad headache which led to high blood pressure medication but mm-hmm. yeah so similar i not similar similar but like we both apparently have had doctor's issues in this past time frame yeah so don't worry out there like your boy harvey z is safe he's he's good to go <laughs> he's got some follow-up yeah. appointments and stuff but you know yeah that was I, it was just it had never happened before and i couldn't figure out like so in those cases don't try to guess Go see a professional, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to answer your question, no, that has not ever happened to me. But you've, like, blacked out, right? I, I mean, we have, like, I, I feel like that's a universal experience. Everybody's had some I mean, form of unconsciousness. See, the thing is, though, is, like, all my experiences with unconsciousness have been sleep-related. Like, I have, quote-unquote, passed out after drinking a lot but my passing out has been 
I'm sleepy, I'm going to lay my head down, and then, oh God, it's like an hour later and I've been on a picnic table and all my friends are looking for me. Yes. Like... I understand that. that <laughs> like, that is the kind of passing out that happens to me, not like... Yeah. The, like, the sort of like, I've lost time, like, but apparently I was still talking to people, blackout, or... Oh, those are the, called brownouts. I'm... Brownouts or like are... the standing up and then suddenly on the floor passing out like those none of those have ever happened to me got it yeah like i've i guess i i've had the let me close my eyes or i feel sleepy or i think i'm just going to and then you like oh time has passed but it was a i guess i had too much to drink and i fell asleep somewhere i shouldn't have or something like that and then i wake up that's never been a issue but this was the first where i was like no time has passed. No, wait, I guess time has passed, but I, what? Why? I didn't ask Did your this. cat react at all? Oh my God. That was another, like now my cat, like if I go to the bathroom or I go anywhere, my cat has to like open the door and check on me. It is so a weird. So your cat did notice. Like after, like when I woke up, I, like there was nothing there. Probably if I fell, that would have scared the cat. But like, mm -hmm. yeah, it was definitely, he came over and was like wide-eyed, like looking at me. So I feel bad. Like, I think I've scared my cat to the point of where, again, like he'll check on me and like bathrooms are because I basically left the room to go put away my stuff. So now if I leave the room, my cat has to like, is he OK? Yeah, OK, he is. Well, that's good. It's good. Your cat is checking up on you. It's, I don't know what he'll do if I pass cares. out. But like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, so that was a uh, that's my Harvey Z had a new life experience. Science. It's a gamer. We're here. It's a gamer. This makes no fucking sense, but we're doing it anyway. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Me a Gamer, the procedurally generated podcast that's a roguelike for your ears. I'm your host, Atma, and I'm here with... Harvey Z, in the place to be. Uh, And... We've got games to talk about. I, our schedule is backed up a little bit. I've, I've started editing and putting episodes out again. So hopefully this one doesn't go too far into the future. I'm going to try and like get a two-episode week fit in here. like Get really hunkered down and get more of the episodes that are currently in the bank edited and come out together. But we'll see when that actually happens when I have the time. You're being too generous to these folks. <laughs> I, I mean, just like I, stretched it out. I mean, I you say I'm being too generous, but like we have several episodes in the bank, and I like I took like a break because I I wasn't feeling like editing. I had to have like a mental health sort of respite, and like episodes haven't come out for a month, so uh, I, it's not like I'm giving two episodes just out of the goodness of my heart. I'm like trying to catch up on. Stuff that's already in the can. Again, again, we could have like we should have like a Patreon for them to like see those episodes ahead of time. Yeah, but see, the thing is, if we have that Patreon, it means I still have to edit them and get them out before ahead of time. Like I still haven't edited them. That's why I'm not doing any of these things. Uh, anyway, so let's talk about some games and stuff. Um, we have a little bit of well, there, there's a lot of news. Uh, I'm not entirely sure where we can begin or how much we want to talk about. Quick 
thing that's more important for you than me, there was a uh, a listing on the Peggy ratings board that said XCOM Chimera Squad is coming to Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Oh, that would be... I would definitely buy it if it came on the Switch. That's an instant yeah. buy. Yeah, so that uh, is... There, there isn't any official confirmation yet, especially like 2K has denied anything um, so far, saying it's only on PC. And, but they may have to do that depending on if there's any sort of exclusivity contracts or what. I believe the game came out in either April or May of last year. So around a year might be when we see it come into other consoles or, or something like that. But like the ratings did pop up. So, but that isn't explicit confirmation in any sort, but it sounds like you, you might be able to get to, to play the XCOM on switch. My patience would pay off. I felt, yeah, I would love to play that game. I just, yeah, everything in the franchise I, I want to play. I, I so I clicked on uh, there there was a little article within the article like the link that was uh, tactical squad games to play while waiting for XCOM three, and I have all three of them already. Uh, <laughs> like I, I'm already on top of this. It, for for reference, the three games they uh, uh, recommend are Mutant Year Zero, Road to Eden, BattleTech, and Phoenix Point. So okay, I'm I've enjoyed Phoenix Point. I've heard Mutant Years. Everybody keeps saying like I would really like it. It's a great game, but there's like animals in it, and I'm just weirded out by it. So like Mutant Year Zero is its own like universe or whatever. I'm I'm not entirely sure what goes on with it all, but like I've played a little bit of it. It's kind of difficult, and it's a lot more story focused like you have like a small party and uh each party is like a specific party member is like a specific character and there's like a story and like interaction between the characters so if you like that over customization uh it might be more for you but like you and i both like having our own custom generated story sort of things so i i don't know i i bounced off it i tried it and didn't like it um, and then you've told like me the about more battle tech and, yeah. and Phoenix point setups. Like, you've told me about battle tech. You seem yeah, to love. I've it. mentioned battle tech before. I want to get back into it. I think I bought the DLC for it and then never got back into it. Um, it, it was fun. I think like I, I hadn't quite grasped the full strategy of it yet. I got stuck on a mission that was uh, difficult, and after like replaying it a couple times i uh i kind of shelved it with the intention to come back later and i haven't yet because i've got just the, the massive backlog of everything let's see what else have we got let's see um fuck bobby kodak uh lots of people besides it seems to be catching on that phrase oh yeah yeah he 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 got paid something like 120 million dollars in bonuses after he let go of like 200 employees you know just usual billionaire ceo shit mm -hmm. um but specifically 
yesterday Activision Blizzard announced that they are they hired a former Trump administration official. Uh, I don't know why they need a Trump of government official as in charge of video games but um well i would imagine like he has other like trump administration official like didn't necessarily mean you were like government bound you could be like a rando and put into a government position bulato is the former undersecretary of state for management at the u.s department of state for former president donald trump before his role with the trump administration he was a leading official in the cia Okay, never mind. <laughs> like, I, I'm not... I, I, I get you in saying that, like, Trump really picked a lot of weird people for his cabinet, and people were... Like, he just picked random Fox News people or a clown that was juggling on the street for, you know, important positions. But yeah, uh, Bellato was described as a bully and as Mike Pompeo's attack dog, according to a separate report in The Business Insider concerning... Uh, Bellato's role in the administration. Uh, the article alleges that Bellato held a key role in the deflection of an independent probe into misuse of government resources. So they just probably need somebody defensive to help out with whatever's coming down the pipeline? <sighs> yeah, you know, I, I don't know what exactly his position is. Uh, I thought it was some sort of officer. Uh, it wasn't like CFO or anything like that. I, I let me see if see if there's a different article gives a specific. Oh, a chief administration officer, administrative officer, excuse me, uh, is what he got hired for. Brian's uh, it, 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 this is from Kotaku. An Activision spokesperson added that Brian's unparalleled success in the business world and distinguished career as an infantry captain in the U.S. Army makes him an excellent addition to our leadership team. We recognize and appreciate the expertise and rigor they bring to everything they do. I mean, eh, I I can say stuff. I, I don't need to say stuff. It's fine. I, but, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and, and, you know, repeat my mantra of fuck Bobby Kotick. I, he, he has one of his famous quotes is how he wants to take the fun out of making video games. And I can see hiring somebody who has a military background and government and, you know, a really like bureaucratic type of guy will definitely make the games more streamlined and a lot less fun for everyone working on them. Uh, So it really fits his MO of being just a giant shitbag, turd face, asshole, fuckwipe. Excuse me. Fuck Bobby Kotick. Mm-hmm. Moving on. That's all we'll, we'll talk about that. I don't want to. I'm working on high blood pressure. I'm just need to be a little more sad. <laughs> a little more. A uh, little, little less aggressive and wanting to like burn down Activision Blizzard. A little more. Just. Just let it go. Just. Let yeah, it go. just. Just. Go to a happy just, place. I, I, I if if you were looking at me, I have my eyes closed, my legs are crossed. I'm doing like a little meditative thing here in front of the microphone. This is <laughs> just relaxed. Just lower the blood pressure. There's a low br- blood pressure zone. One of the big things that has come up this week, which is uh, something that falls again into my purview of things that piss me off, you know, unfortunately. Mostly due to the 
God, preservation. That's the word I always forget. The preservation of old games. Uh, Sony is closing its PlayStation store on the PS3, PSP, and Vita. Um, the store will officially close on July 2nd for the PlayStation 3 and PSP, and the Vita will close on August 27th of this year. It just means you can't buy new games on those systems? Correct. So once the, the, the store is closed, you will not be able to buy anything new on the digital store. If you have already bought something and have downloaded it already at least once, you can you will be able to re-download it and, and still have access to it. But beyond that, you won't be able to buy anything new. And this is sort of a problem because there were, I mean, there's a lot of games that are unique to the systems that haven't gotten re-releases or remasters. Uh, There's a lot of PS1 and PS2 classics that were on the PlayStation 3 store that were able to be rebought and like emulated on the PS3 that have not made the jump to PS4, PS5. So you're losing like access to older games uh, the, the games like uh, Soikoden, Xenogears, Vagrant Story, uh, older popular PS1 games that their physical copies go for hundreds of dollars at this point. Wait, uh, what? That were, yeah, like like the, these are games where like you can get them digitally for like 10, 15 bucks on the, the PS3 store. But if you get try and find a physical copy, they're like over a hundred dollars, just for like closer to two hundred. The discs, or do you need like the whole fancy packaging and shit? I mean, I I think it'll vary. Like obviously, a full package of like the case and yeah. the discs and everything will sell for more than just the disc. Um, but they still are like rarities, and yeah, so it's 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 a thing that sucks for game preservation. Uh, the, the CEO of Sony's gaming division has gone on record as not understanding why people would want to play old games. So it's no surprise that this is a business decision that they're making. You know, why would anybody want to watch a movie from the thirties? Like what does Citizen Kane have anything to do with movies nowadays? Like if you can watch god what's it if you can watch godzilla versus kong why would you want to watch the original godzilla right like there's just there isn't a reason to do that and this sort of just fits in with my like paranoia of like my cd paranoia where i was like i've got to buy cds man i don't trust mp3s because they can just take it away from you like i need hard copies of everything and how's that going for you i mean i gave up on that music wise a long time ago but <laughs> video game wise i'm like they they're doing it man they're taking it how are you going to play like, but now I'm in a whole new mindset where I'm like, I need to go and find my old, like, cause I have like CD drive or like those little old, like CD, like jackets that are just filled with PlayStation games. I need to go through them. And like, I'm sitting on money. Like Pokemon cards are huge and expensive. And I had like all of that. Yeah, shit. Pokemon cards have had like a really weird recent resurgence. Haven't they? Yeah. And I'm like, I, how can I get in on this? I used to have a fucking Charizard and like now those things are like thousands of dollars for like some of the limited edition ones. And I'm just like, I sold some of the stupidest shit for like 12, when I was 12 years old, I like gave it up for, I think the Charizard I sold for like 25 bucks or 30 bucks to somebody. Right. Like, Oh man. 
Yeah, I I still have. I'm I'm sure I have like a binder of Pokemon cards somewhere at my parents' house because my mother never throws away anything. Like so, like I I can go back to my parents' house and still find like my old Super Nintendo, my old games, anything that I haven't specifically thrown away myself. My mom still has somewhere, which like on the one hand is great, on the other hand is terrifying. Well, I mean. Uh, you should go through that stuff and see if you have like thousands of dollars. I mean, I might. I but at the same time, do I want to actually get rid of it? Like, uh, like one of the biggest things that I okay, I'm I'm looking it up right now. Um, so basically, one of the things I know I own is Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. I have a copy of that on my on for for the GameCube. So I am looking at Fire Emblem Path of Radiance on eBay and an open box uh, like new condition Fire Emblem Path of Radiance is currently listed on eBay for $320. Dude, that's... And I, I literally, I have that with me right now in this apartment. I don't have a capable way of playing that game. I it's actually cheaper for me to buy a used GameCube than it would be for me to like if if I wanted to play this game, then it then it would be if I sold this and then had the urge to replay it later. Like I'm just this is the new get rich quick scheme. Like it's <laughs> we just we just save all these games of yours until it's the time is right and then we just sell it all bit by bit i i I, i've made i've made some i haven't made good money i can't i won't i'm not going to say that but i have definitely made money off some video games like i the original xenoblade chronicles was a we only release and on top of that in the u.s i'm I'm pretty sure in the u.s it was only released at gamestop like gamestop exclusively had like the physical release of it so i got a copy from that and always intended to play it but never did and then its prices skyrocketed because it was like very limited release so i ended up selling that and making some money and i've never played xenoblade chronicles and i don't really feel like i missed out because xenoblade chronicles came out on 3ds and it's been remastered and is out on the switch now i think if you want to play it so like it's it's weird because like everyone expects them to remake or remaster or put out fire emblem path of radiance and fire emblem radiant dawn because they're two like well-regarded critically fire emblem games uh that came out right before like the big fire emblem resurgence because like the next game after radiant dawn was awakening which was what breathed life back into the franchise and so everyone has always expected like nintendo to do a re-release of those two because ike is popular from smash brothers and it just it feels like a good business decision now that fire emblem especially after three houses has a lot more clout uh but so far it hasn't happened and like it's one of those things where it's like i could sell it and make a lot of money and use that for something else and Uh then eventually get like a copy of a remaster if they ever do it but if they never remaster it 
I will never be able, basically never be able to play this game again unless I spend even more money than what I sell it for, most likely. Oh my god, you're going to be one of those people who's like, it belongs in a museum! No, no, it doesn't belong in a museum. It belongs in my hands so I can play it if I want to. Like, like that. This is entire. This is not entirely like. I like game preservation as a whole. Like, I like. I I'm okay with emulation, because companies like Nintendo and Sony cut off consumers at the knees and don't keep access to games that are older in their libraries. Like, today is Mario's Execution Day. What the hell does uh, that mean? Like, so for Nintendo's, the, the 35th anniversary of Mario, they re-released a uh, collection called the Super Mario 3D Collection, and it was Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. And it was a $60 bundle, and you get all three games, and it's on the Switch. Uh-huh. I got a physical copy because I wanted to get a physical copy because... From the beginning, Nintendo said on March 31st, we're discontinuing this. And it's not just discontinuing the physical copies. They're literally removing it from the digital store as well. They're creating a complete like sense of false scarcity, uh, manufactured scarcity. That's the phrase I was looking for to like drive up sales and make people do like fear of missing out of this, this sort of collection that is just like their classic games that everyone likes and wants to be able to replay. And so instead of just making it available permanently, they're doing it for like a, a four or five month window. And so since this announcement, everyone, the, the running joke in the gaming community has been that March 31st is when Nintendo is killing off <laughs> Mario. So today, today as we're recording this is uh, Mario's execution day. Got it. It's. Uh, I mean, they're just following basically the Disney model, which is that uh, manufactured scarcity where Disney locks things away in the vault and you can't buy like their old school movies for a period of time and stuff. Right. And have, yeah. Disney gave up on that because they realized it was stupid. Like they don't do the Disney vault anymore. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. They. Yeah. They. They stopped doing that a while ago. And like the thing is, I wouldn't be as mad at the manufactured scarcity if they didn't treat everything else like ass like they don't have a good like the switch online program doesn't has given very few good games every generation since the wii has had a virtual console of some sort but like you have to rebuy it every time. <laughs> like the Wii has its own virtual console, the DS and the 3DS and the Wii U and the Switch. They're all there, all separate stores. And if, they kept charging six fucking bucks for Super Mario Brothers on every store. I get that, that there's profit and everything involved, but when you know we're getting like fifteen dollar indie games. Eh, anyway, I. I could rant for a long time about game preservation and how Nintendo sucks at it. Um, but I won't because I think I've done it before. Uh, real quick, before we go into actual gaming things, uh, and, and not I, I, when I say actual gaming things, I mean games we've been playing. I want to do a real quick uh, follow-up on uh, our Fantasy League. Oh, I've, I've actually been checking it, but I didn't want to say anything just yet. 
I don't want to, because I might be doing okay. I might not. It's tough to say. I think today was a release day. Yeah, so far there hasn't been any reviews for it counted. So there, there you you did have something released today, but there hasn't been any sort of. Uh... Is, could that hurt me? Like, if no one reviews the game. I mean, I mean, people yes. have people have to review it, right? And not necessarily. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm in a, I, I, I'm in another group, and uh one person bought a horny game and for like two weeks it it didn't have a review score and then finally some people reviewed it but like it was basically a uh yeah so i i don't know if how how it'll work especially since what you got was like a dlc sort of thing anyway so there's been a couple new games that have come out uh and and one big announcement that kind of fucked me over so it takes two and monster hunter rise came out at the same on the same day and you had it takes two and i had monster hunter rise and it's been very close between the two of them for a while it takes two actually had the better overall rating but currently yeah currently rise is ahead by one point uh, but it's still like it's at an average of 88 and it takes two is at an average of 87 so it's comparable it's not too bad so you're you're still within striking distance because you've only got two games that have been scored so far but i also had bravely default 2 which came out at the end of february and it did fine it it ended up with a 78 review score it's not like setting the world on fire but i still got positive points for it Mm -hmm. the big one though is that uh they announced that Gotham Knights wouldn't be coming out this year at all. Um, at all. Yeah. It was delayed into 2022, which really hurts me because I thought for sure that was going to make 2021. And you picked that as one of your counter picks, which means I can't release it. So I am stuck with a big goose egg on my, uh, yeah. on my list right now. I feel like, so you picked against for me, darkest dungeon 2 and i've heard nothing about it i have a feeling darkest dungeon 2 won't come out but like that wasn't exactly a high ranking high scoring game to begin with it was just a a love pick kind of thing so it's it's certainly the gotham knights one hurts i have a feeling yeah yeah like i don't think elden ring is coming either which is your other counter pick but i also picked that just because to you know that that was specifically I knew probably wasn't coming out. I gave you wanted to give you a shot. There's a lot of questionable games on here right now. We'll see. Like you you you've got Ratchet and Clank coming in in June, which should be a really good score for you. And then I'm hoping yeah, these we'll other games like Ghostwire Tokyo, Horizon Forbidden. West. Now I'm nervous though because it feels like time has passed that games need to come out and they haven't yet like psychonauts 2 I, well, i've heard nothing like when will so, they say like, these right, things here here's the thing is there's a lot of we're going to have a real interesting season because a lot of people have said to expect delays into 2022 of a lot of big games so there is a good chance we're not going to see a lot of what we think we're going to see this year uh a lot of people have been strongly hinted that both horizon and god of war are not making it this year um but we'll see and uh, i have both of but those the, 
but the big thing is that uh we're waiting on like the e3 general time frame like they're still planning on doing something for e3 this year i'm not entirely sure if it's going to be a full convention or an online thing like everything else has been done because it's it's in june so it's like right on the cusp of when people might actually try to have a convention because people are are a lot more vaccinated Uh um but like we don't know the schedule for the second half of the year very well right now and i think with covid's uh scheduling fucking everything up i think they're going to keep a lot of developers are going to keep their cards closer to their vest and not say they're gunning for a late 2021 release date until they know for sure they're going to be able to make it which means we might see a lot of official release dates announced way closer to their actual release dates than we normally get them so you might be waiting a while before you yeah. see any return on investment on a lot of your um, like i looked at picks. like two three of them and i just noticed some of them like at least four games are spring 2021 and that's now yeah so i just hope that means by spring we mean fall and not spring 2022 <laughs> yeah um Okay, so let's talk about games. Um, have you been playing anything interesting? I have just wanted to get into, of all things, Hearthstone release, like the thing that I had prepaid for. I had all these cards, and I was able to open it all up yesterday for the first time, but I haven't actually played it because it's buggy. Like, it's, yeah, it's it's not uh, been successful yet. Gotcha. Okay. Did you want to talk about the other thing you were uh, talking about before the podcast? Yes, my evolution in being a gamer, um, yeah. which was so like my sibling's birthday came up and my sibling has very specific criteria on how they game, which is to say they love one single game on the Switch, which is Slay the Spire. They don't like scary games. They don't like games with suspense and they like turn-based strategy games. And so... XCOM, one of my favorite games, they won't play because it's scary. It has aliens. And so for their birthday, I tried to figure out what to get them. And I got a game you had recommended for me, Into the Breach. And they loved it. Like to the point of where suddenly on my Amazon account, they had ordered a whole bunch of like equipment for their Switch. Like the (laughs) the Switch, like easy hold control like glass protector and all this stuff and i'm like wait wait what the fuck is all this you own now two games that you play and they're like this game is awesome i've been playing it non-stop i'm on they kept <laughs> playing but the thing that they realized is they pointed out they play while playing other games like they're the multitasker type of gamer like you are like they play uh-huh. hearthstone they play slay the spire while watching tv or doing other stuff and they yeah. found Into the Breach incredibly difficult to do that. I don't know at this point if they are multitasking with it, but like there was a week straight where they just kept trying to play it until the point they've beaten already like three islands and they've gotten more mechs and they've up they've gotten way further in the game than I ever had actually. And it made me want to play it, but I have it on the computer and if I had it on the Switch, I would probably play it just as much as they are. But it was that sort of moment where I think I 
turn someone else into the love of gaming or into a gamer, <laughs> which is so that feeling that you had done by converting me all these years back with like Fire Emblem, it was sort of that moment. Cool. I will I will take half credit for that since I recommended Into the Breach to you to begin with. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a gamer pyramid scheme, like all or like vampirism <laughs> in the sense of like you created me, and if I create another gamer, you get partial credit. <laughs> I'm trying to decide what I want to talk about. I'm kind of curious. I know you have a PlayStation. You didn't have games that much last we talked. Any changes to that? So, not really. I I've played a little. So the main game I've been playing is Persona 5 Strikers, which wow. I really, really like. Persona 5 is probably one of my favorite RPGs ever, uh, and it was really long. And I got Royal, which is like the kind of like special edition, like director's cut, new additional content sort of game. But it's still the same story, just like more quality of life stuff and, and better presentation sort of thing. Uh, haven't played that yet. Strikers is a direct sequel, but isn't an RPG. It's very interesting. Like, are you familiar with Musou, Musou games? No, not at all. Uh, so, so Musou games are like a very specific style of game. Uh, Dynasty Warriors, Samurai Warriors, Warriors Orochi, Basically, any game that has warriors in the title, uh, probably related to, to the Musou genre. Not really, but like I've, Hyrule Warriors. Yes, I was about was to say, the, Hi Hyrule Warriors is the one I might know. That was, like... that was the Legend of Zelda spinoff that, that was Musou. And basically what Musou games are is you play as a character. It's an, it's an action game. You play as a character that has like... Uh, action combos usually light heavy attacks and like each character has a different weapon uh and different sort of style of combos and play with what you like sort of thing and it's not about like tactical 1v1 combat like say like dark souls or devil may cry or like those games that are like action combat heavy where you're like fighting a couple enemies and sort of like strategically dodging and everything and whatnot so games are you're facing like 300 enemies at a time and like you just sort of like mow through all the people you're fighting with like giant swing attacks and sort of all these cool combos and it's like occasionally you'll fight like a general, which is like a harder boss while you're also mowing through enemies that are like around. Uh, and it's all about like giant, just like killing swaths of enemies. And it's a very, it's very like you have to have a specific taste for it. It's not yeah. for everybody. I have liked the the dynasty warrior series is basically romance of the three kingdoms done as an action game uh so you, and you get characters like lubu and uh i don't oh god it's been a long time since i've i've played them and thought about three kingdoms but like all those typical historical figures are in this game uh and then there's samurai warriors which is japanese history and though those specific historical figures so it has like hattori hanzo oda nobunaga those sorts of people and that's samurai warriors 
and that Warriors Orochi is like a fantastical combination of the two. So like they're fighting like evil mystical gods from other dimensions, but it's like both the Chinese history and the Japanese history coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so like Persona Strikers is a Musou follow-up to the Persona game. And it's very interesting. And I really like what the result was because it doesn't play like a standard Musou and it really combines the sort of technical aspects of Persona where you have to use like weaknesses. Uh, Each boss has like elemental weaknesses and things and you have to like exploit those to get in more powerful attacks. And it still keeps like your fighting groups of enemies at a time sort of deal but it adds a lot more tactics and like strategy and rpg ish flavor to it that really makes it more of my jam than the straightforward musos and i like persona 5 their characters and everything and the setups like i love everything about persona 5 and if i had more time i would probably dedicate an entire podcast to just talking about why persona 5 and it's everything from the aesthetic to the story to the characters are just wonderful but this being a direct follow-up just made it good for me like i want to spend more time with these characters and this gave me that regardless of what the actual gameplay was but then the gameplay turned out to be really fun like i like this sort of action rpg hybrid that came out of the uh the maso genre um I just I I've I beat it this past weekend and if you liked the original Persona 5 and have any sort of mild appreciation for Musou or action oriented combat games I think you would really enjoy this too. Hmm. Yeah, I I've only played I think in this genre style like Hyrule Warriors and it just didn't like yeah, it's tough for me to get into this style of games. So which one did you play? Like, did you play, like, the base Hyrule Warriors? I think it was the base one, because I played it at your place, I think, or it was... Oh, that's you. right. You did you, you play it with me. Because there... So there's... I, I don't know if this will sway you one way or the other, but there was a new one that just came out for the Switch last year uh, called Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, and it's supposed to be a prequel to Breath of the Wild and, like, be in that world. And I know how much you like enjoyed getting into Breath of the Wild, so maybe being more I, attached to that might. I did, but like it was just a play in itself. It it's not quite like like tower defense games. It's just it just felt weird. Like it was a, it reminded me in a way of like Streets of Rage is fun, where you just have like nameless enemies and you beat them up and you can kind of pick out who they are and stuff. But like this sort of like that's what I was trying to like tap into to enjoy these types of games where it's like tons of enemies and stuff and i'm just mowing them down but it was just i don't know if i felt bored by it or i mean there was interesting things that happened but it just wasn't like clicking for me if you will but like i'm not big into action games that much again gotcha yeah yeah i i do get you you're you're more of a (laughs) turn-based uh guy anyway that's fine yeah i i i just thought if you wanted to give it another shot like it was something where like yeah i get the story appeal but like the story wouldn't have been it's the play style of the game that actually just isn't appealing to me like even if it was i think my narrative or something that i would really like it was just 
maybe I'd watch someone play it to see the story, but otherwise I wouldn't really want it. Like same with like the Dark Souls games have no appeal to me in that. Like they are nothing where I'm like, oh, I'd like to try my hand at that. Or that seems fun to play. It might be fun to watch people play or watch people like play that game and such and like see how they beat characters and see. But for me to actually try it, I have no desire. Gotcha. That's that's entirely fair. Uh, let's see. What else is there? Yeah, so I've been playing that on the PS4 because there haven't hasn't been any meaningful PS5 upgrades or anything to it. It's like just a PS4 game. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been playing... I started playing Ghost of Tsushima again on PS5. Um, I don't remember if I talked about that much on here. Not on here. I think I saw some tweets about it. Yeah, like like so. Ghost of Tsushima is basically Assassin's Creed Japan. Okay. Uh, it it's it's it plays really well. Uh, it has really great action and like samurai combat. Like I love the the duels in this game. Like when you when you like face off one on one and have like sword clashes, it's just the best sword play in a game. I think like. I equally love stealthing up to people and like going through an area and like sneak killing everybody. But then I also love just like walking into an area and like beating my chest and going, come at me, bro. There, there's this, there's a mecha- literally a come at me, bro mechanic um, <laughs> called standoffs where you like, as you approach enemies, like it's it, it, cause it's basically, there's two ways to, to play there's like the honorable samurai route which is you like you face your enemies head on every time and then there's the dishonorable assassin and you play as the ghost and you're like you're sneaking up on people and uh you know like killing them without them being aware and that's not honor and and whatever and so you've got like these two diverging viewpoints like there's people on on the one hand who are like you should follow the way of the samurai and then there are people who like our island has been overrun by hostiles. You need to do whatever it takes to save your land. And so therefore assassinating people from behind is cool. Uh, and I, I really like that sort of aspect to the story and also the gameplay. Um, but going back to standoffs, when you approach enemies, you can hit a button to to call a standoff. And basically you shout out to the enemies that you're you've arrived and they like come at you and you get like a, a sort of like a duel to start off the combat where you have to wait and time your first attack to counter the enemy's first attack. And if you time it right, you just like kill them outright and can chain it up to kill a couple other enemies before you like just start fighting regularly. Mm-hmm. And it's really neat. The game itself just feels really good to play, like in terms of the 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 combat and how you can approach any given situation, because um, you can you can do it just like the straightforward ways if you prefer that, or you can sneak around and kill everybody, and it all depends on my mood. Uh, sometimes I don't have the patience for it, and I just want to like get to the next thing. But the other thing is that the game is just fucking pretty. Like it's it is probably one of the prettiest if not the prettiest games I've ever played. It was gorgeous on the PS4, but the PS5 lighting updates and everything, all the upgrades they did 
because uh, it, it got like a general update to take advantage of the PS5 horsepower and everything. Like the lighting is unbelievable. Like me and my girlfriend were like getting hurt by looking at the sun in the game. That's how good the lighting was. And so, yeah, I've, I've, I like played through the first act of it and then stopped because it is like, it's a, it's an open world ass open world game. So it's like a little overwhelming. There's a lot of stuff to do and a lot of like icons on a map to check off. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I can tire of that kind of quickly, even if I love the game. Uh, so I kind of stopped after the first act, but now I'm with the PS five, I'm going back to it and like, just like being in awe of the graphical updates while also like finishing the story up and everything. And so that's, that's what I'm currently playing or currently started to play. Uh, in addition to, I've been still playing a lot of Valorant. I've been playing Valorant with people. Squads of five on Valorant are fun. It really makes it hard to go back to solo queue after you have an actual team playing with you. Like when you say team, you mean like an actual, like legit group as opposed to like randos? Correct. Yeah. Like I I played with a group of four other people that I knew, uh, one of which was Slim, um, one of which Ah. was uh, Jose, who, oh, I meant to plug this when it happened and then I didn't. And I was mad at myself, but I, he streamed his gameplay of Valorant. Like the first time we, as a, as a group of five played it. So if you want to watch that, um, his YouTube channel is the Seth Rokage, uh, Rokage is spelled R O K A G E. Uh, and if you check that on YouTube, uh, I think it was about, it was a little a little while ago. I for people listening to this, it was early to mid March. Um, I might find the link and just put it in the description of the podcast. But if it's a, it's a like an hour and a half of us playing Valorant, like from his perspective, and it was me and Slim and Jose and two other people, Sarah and DJ Stormageddon. Anyway, you, you can check that out if you want to see low-level Valorant play from some people who have, were only playing it for, like, the first time. Like, I think it was literally Jose's first time playing it ever. Uh, but, yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's, I, I'm curious about it, actually, in the sense of where I knew Slim was a huge Counter-Strike player. I'd wonder what his take would be on uh, Valorant. I'm sure it'd be positive, but just comparing the two. It, it, it's really hard to get him to use abilities is all i'll say yeah like he 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 plays it like counter-strike but he forgets to use things like his ultimates and his abilities and meanwhile i play it more like overwatch and i'm using like every single one of my abilities and forgetting to shoot people so you know sticks and stones is it though a detrimental play style or is it can you counter-strike your way through valorant or overwatch your way through valorant um like I think the best players use a mix, of course. and like I I think like it is entirely possible to Counter Strike your way through it, but it helps your team a lot more if like team synergy sort of requires you using abilities, and it it so I think it all depends on the character you pick because like there are characters that are designed to be self sufficient. 
And if you pick those characters and then don't use their abilities, that's fine. But if you pick like a character that is designed to be like a support character who like holds positions or gives cover or whatever with their abilities and then don't use those abilities, you're doing it to the detriment of the other team or, or to the rest of your team. You're doing it to the advantage of the other team. Mm-hmm. Um, Got it. And on that note, I have pretty much instructed Slim to play the, the self-sufficient <laughs> character. That's what I was uh, just like. Let him play that. He'll be fine. <laughs> So yeah, it, it, I mean it's worked out fine. Like we we have fun playing whenever we do play, and I like I am not taking it very seriously uh, by any means. But yeah, it was it's still fun. I'm still enjoying it. Okay, that is it for us. I think we're at the end. Unless you have anything else to add or you wanted to ask about. Uh... No, I think that was kind of my curiosity on what you've been playing and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I'm good. Cool. The defense works. All right. <laughs> All right uh, so where can they find you, Harvey Z? You can find me on Twitter at make me a Harvey Z. I tagged you in something uh, a day or two ago. I think it was yesterday about poop games. And I put in your old thing first. And I was like, wait a minute. I can't. I, that's, that's not the address. Nice. Anymore. The rapper. Yeah. Oh. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Atma underscore Phoenix. You can find our podcast at Make Me a Podcast. Uh, you can find my writings at atmasweapon.com. Uh, I've restarted my top 100 again. I was taking a break from that as well. Same for like the podcast. I just needed a break from updating and doing stuff. So, but uh, we're back. I put up number 58 today so we're going to hit the top 50 next week probably uh you can join our discord uh it's in the link in the description and i think that's it i am going to sign off of here and then go watch godzilla versus kong Um, i'm jealous wait how are you doing that (laughs) hbo or something yeah i i have Uh, hbo max i need to maybe i need to get it oh god don't tell me who wins i don't know if they're going to (laughs) like i won't okay uh i'll I'll keep it a secret i'll just send you texts and let you know how awesome the movie is no Um, no spoilers because you enjoying it is a spoiler (laughs) all right i will make a completely sanitized comment on it i after i'm done watching it i will believe i watched a movie i won't even tell you that i watched the movie maybe I'll, i'll keep you in suspense maybe i didn't watch it good i'd rather not know (laughs) (laughs) all right uh i'm not gonna ask you to take anything out Uh, i took us out this time how does it feel